scary girl. I said, hey, everybody. Hi. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this is Dead, Dead Time, Time Stories. Welcome back, or welcome for the first time. That's true. We do have a lot of first-time listeners. Thank you so much. Thanks to PodCoin. I'm also just assuming that you're a first-time listener, so if you're not, we also are thankful for you. Right. We're always thankful for our sustaining members. <laughs> but as Stephanie said, if you're not listening to us on PodCoin, what the fuck are you doing? Because you can get some extra fucking You already cash. listen to us. You could get free shit for listening to us. So if you go onto your app store, whether you're on an iPhone or your Google Play smart or whatever, device. your smart device... And you should smartly download the PodCoin app and then be very listen. smart for you to do so. They're very smart. You'd basically be a genius like Einstein. You log in, you use our promo code Dead Time. That's it. It's just, just dead, dead time. time. It's just dead time. Dead time. And you get 300 coins immediately just for signing up and using our promo codes. Go check out PodCoin. Listen to your podcast on the PodCoin app. You're going to earn coins and that. Those coins will go towards a Starbucks gift card, an Amazon gift card. Honestly, you're earning money by just sitting and listening to your favorite podcast. So I don't know what you're doing, but you should get the PodCoin app and listen to us. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing, but what you should be doing is listening to this podcast on PodCoin. Done. Done. And other podcasts that you love. Sure, yeah, other podcasts. But, like, listen to us first. Sarah, how's it going? Um, Girl, it is going. Yeah. I was like, how far? How as yeah, I told like, you, this, do you I was like, talk about it? how much do we want to get into this? So, give him a taste. In our last, I'm gonna just give, give him a little, little taste of the sugar. I'm, I'm gonna give you a little taste, <laughs> of sh- a little taste of sugar, baby. So yeah, last episode we talked about Stephanie pimping me out, and that hasn't actually happened yet. Yet, I know. I said yet. Yeah, yet being the we're, integral part of that. We're side, working that towards it, but your homegirl has recently entered the dating market again, and we're leaning into it real hard. Real hard. How's it going? (sighs) Okay. It's going. All right. Well, okay. So, uh, you know, we're on the air. I I, I don't think he listens, so I don't think I have to worry about it. And if he does, you know what? Fine. Fuck you. Deal with it. (laughs) Yes. I'm here for this. Do you remember last year that dude that I was seeing for a while named who was the axe thrower? Who was like, on our first date, we're going to go throw axes. I remember that that happened. You remember that story? Right. And I saw him for a little while and I liked him, but he like fizzled out. And then he fucking, he was like, do you want to meet up for drinks? And I said, yeah. So I showed up to meet up for drinks and I was sitting outside for like five to 10 minutes and I was, he was late and he showed up and he was like, can we go for a walk? And he was like, I just, I'm really busy with work and I don't think I can give you the attention that you need. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, So he, I know. So this was last year, Right. And that happened, and I rolled my eyes, and I was like, sure, okay, whatever. Flash forward to this year, and- This last week, apparently. <laughs> Girl, this last, this was, I got, I got on a Bumble Saturday. I hung out with you guys Thursday, Friday, and then the next day I was like, This was a it. few weeks ago. Let's okay. fucking go. Yeah. I got on a Bumble, and we matched again. Again. He came across my feed and I was like, you know what? I'm going to swipe right. Let's see. Hard we, eye roll. We matched. Same. But I was like, you know, whatever. We ended up meeting up. We go out that night. End up, you know, fine night. It was nice reconnecting with him. Blah, blah, blah. Fast forward to now, three and a half weeks later, maybe four weeks. I don't know. We've been texting and I've been like, when do you want to hang out again? 
do you want to hang out again? I've asked him three times, do you want to hang out again? That's it. That's it. I'm done. After three, I was like, I'm done. And I yeah. haven't I haven't instigated anything more. He's been flaky like he was the first time around. I do yoga every Sunday at Wissahickon Brewing Company. It's where I do it every – I've got my people. Every I go Sunday. There. Oh, every know, Sunday. Girl. She knows. You've gone with me we, once. I've gone once. I yeah, coerced we, her into going once. We can't record any earlier in the day because Sarah's got to do her yoga. I do yoga. That's the thing. All right? Listen. My ass walked into my space – my brewery, my yoga studio, and guess who's fucking sitting there on his mat, smiling at me. Fucking axe Andrew. dude. Didn't text me, let me know he's going to be there. Nothing. And does he know that, that you go there every Sunday? Yes, you tell him he that? knows. Yes, Ugh. he knows. Ugh. Of course he fucking knows. Man, y'all are trash. Y'all you are trash. Your game. You wanna, you're like, why do women feel... Not all men. Yes, all, all men. men. All of you. All men. That's, that's true. Gomez Adams would never. Never. Not all men. Gomez Adams would never. You are so right. You are so right. Listen, that's I am just... That's all that phrase means to me nowadays. I'm just like, you're absolutely right. Gomez, Gomez Adams, Adams would never... never. I uh, Gomez Adams and then I also am looking for the torment to my Brianne because torment was like into whatever he was like you go girl you are big you are strong you are tall why aren't you a knight Putting you should be down. a knight yep. let's go I'm into what you're doing girl and that's the kind of support I'm looking for so axe fucking dude shows up in my space my zen space my personal time to set my week and now I'm fucking sitting here thinking about homeboy in the corner Going like, why is he here? Why didn't he tell me he was going to be here? Is he here with friends? Does he want to hang out? I'm here with friends. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, it was real awkward. And then he fuck. oh, God damn. He fucking, he says like, hi to me. We're sitting like catty corner on tables. And he finally leaves. And he's just like, you know, bye. Like waves. And I'm like, cool, Gross. bye. I know. Gross. Cool, bye. Of course, I've also told the entire table I'm with, like, this is what this homeboy is. Here's the homeboy, like you need to know the story he gets on a bike with some other girl that he came with Get the fuck and they out. ride off on bikes together and then he texts me after go the fuck he texted home. me after i wish i could make this shit up and you i cannot fucking shit i cannot he's like uh i'm real sorry that i didn't let you know that i was gonna be there prior you're fucking trash these the, these plans happened last minute, and I didn't want to say that I was going to be there and then bail like I did last time, which is exactly oh, what he did oh, last time. This, that's so much better. You surprised. Yeah, I would I love way to walk. You've warned me, and then you didn't show up to better, this. Better, better. I don't want to walk into my space. Be surprised to find you there. You fucking my piece of dog zen shit. White space. dog shit. White been men sitting on the fucking sidewalk, and it's white, crispy, flaky dog shit. White that's your boy. Men bullshit yes so you know what i said i said yeah that was quite a surprise um are we ever gonna hang out again or is this just gonna be surprise yoga and he's like i'm real busy and i got stuff going on could derp, you derp, 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 favor and go fuck yourself yeah could you just go ahead because also bt dubs again if he listens real sorry i'm gonna put you on blast but you kind of fucking real, deserve sorry, it sorry not sorry sorry not sorry Ooh. Got him. But the tea is hot. Damn. Scalding. Your girl is leaning into this real hard. I'm, I'm into real this, Sarah. Hard. I this... am so into this, Sarah. 
This Sarah is kicking ass and taking names and then it. telling these names all on her fucking podcast. I'm Let's so, go so here for this. My podcast is on all of my dating apps. I am not quiet about it. So if you're looking at Sarah on Tinder and you're like, let me check out this podcast. Hi. This could be you. This could be you. I could be <laughs> bitching about you on my podcast. Who's ready for it? You into it? Let's fucking go. <laughs> I can't wait to get you on the arm of somebody who's going to buy you nice things. I'm so excited for you to pimp me out. I can't wait. So that's our other. Uh, we should. Are we going to do it? Or are we going to make it a mini really like episode to. about we're, it? I we're think gonna, we should. I, I really think we should set a day aside. I'm going to get Angel involved. We're going to get you some glamour Are we shots. allowed to do that? Does she know what's going on? She's over 18, right? She's 18 now. Okay, great. Okay, cool. Okay. She's an adult. <gasps> All right. Yeah, let's get Just Angel like involved. Jared. They're adults now. I don't need Jared involved in this. Jared no. doesn't need to be a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jared. Oh. But we're going to take Angel. We're going to get there glamour go. shots for you. All right. So. And then we're going to use those pictures and we're going to set up your seeking arrangement profile. So guys, uh, guys who listen to this podcast, if that exists... Homegirls looking for a sugar daddy. If you're interested, I will make eye contact with you and lightly touch your hand for 10 seconds while smiling so other people can see that we're touching. We really will have to go over those boundaries, though. I know. Yeah, that was, like, that's it. We'll, we'll set up the first. So the other part of this is I think that we're thinking of doing a new mini episode. A new mini series. episode or segment or series. We'll figure a, out what it's going to be. Patreon segment. That's what did Zach call it? His name was perfect. Oh, I don't know. I'm thinking like Zach. You had Sarah's the- sugar sagas, but sugar sagas. <laughs> oh my god. What is it? Candy Crush. Candy Crush. Sarah's Candy Crush. <laughs> stories candy of crush a sugar baby. As stories of a sugar baby. I oh do like god. it. So yeah, we're thinking about making a mini series where we talk about the saga of pimping me out because your homegirl's leaning into being single real hard, and I need my rent paid. <laughs> <laughs> so who wants to help us out with that? And you're not only helping out me, but you're helping out Stephanie. We're in this together. Zach called it Dream Daddies. That's right. <laughs> I love it so much. Daddies, daddies with a Z, right? Daddies. Dream daddies. I'm looking for my dream daddies. I love it. So yeah, we got to get on that. Keep an ear out and your wallet open. Um, Please. To, to be a dream daddy. <laughs> All right, Sarah. I'm so sorry. All right. Do we want to get onto our stories? What are we talking about? All right, Sarah. Stephanie. Y'all, y'all ready, ready to talk, talk about some ghosts? Stephanie, what are you talking about this week? I am taking it back. I am doing a good old-fashioned ghost story. <gasps> Yay, I'm so excited. I haven't talked about a haunted house in a while. You haven't. Hit me with some cell block 12. So, uh, Sarah, are you familiar with the Whaley house? <gasps> Vaguely. Oh, I was like, you are. <laughs> Girl, you know I am. You know, know I'm familiar with almost all well, of it. What do you know about the Whaley house? I know it's that haunted. haunted. And I'm pretty sure I saw a Ghost Hunters episode about it, but I'm excited for you to tell me more. Well, first I'll tell you who I heard about it from, then I'll bring it back around to that person. But I'm going to tell you who I heard it from, and then I'll talk about the house, and then we'll bring it back to the first person story. Into it. So I heard about the Whaley House while I was uh, looking for a good episode of Celebrity Ghost Story. Yeah, you were. (laughs) Yeah, you were. What episode did we talk about that on? That was not too long ago. It wasn't too long ago. It was a few episodes back where I talked about Celebrity Ghost Stories. It's a show. Um, But I was... I wasn't necessarily looking for a celebrity ghost story. I was I was all over the place where I was like, all right, when I 
kind of throw my feelers out to see what I want to talk about. Um, and I, cause usually I just have a general idea and this one was like, I want to talk about ghost stories. So when I want to talk about a ghost story, I just kind of have to be like, what am I talking about? And anyway, uh, I was like, the lineup on this episode is great. It was Regis Philbin. Regis has dealt with ghosts? Yes. What ghost would hurt Regis's poor sweet soul? So it was Regis Philbin. It was uh, Harry Hamlin, who Christina will very much appreciate. Yeah, I was like, I know who that is, and she knows who that is. All right, Christina, He was the handsome one on L.A. Law, but he was also uh, in the first season of Veronica Mars, which is why Christina's all excited about him. Uh, Jamie Kennedy? No, not Jamie Kennedy. Jamie King. Not the horrible comedian. Yes. The adorable lady. The lady. Jamie King and Anna Gasteyer. And I was like, what a selection of people. So the person who talked about the Whaley House was Regis Philbin. (laughs) And Regis, I want to be a millionaire. Uh, so you want to be a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire and meet Kelly Ripa. I do a pretty okay Regis. Look at you. Can you tell this whole story as Regis? When I get to Regis's story, I might. I might okay. and try and do it in a Regis Philbin voice. Right. If it's terrible, let me Close know. Close your stop. eyes and imagine Regis Philbin telling you this So story. Regis Philbin was talking about how early on in his career, uh, when he was trying to think of like things to do on his show, uh, he went to the Whaley House. Sure. So I was like, as you do, I was like, what's the Whaley House? So the Whaley House was built by Thomas Whaley. He was born in New York in 1823 and he moved to San Diego, California, and he bought the land in 1855. He was 32. I wish I could afford it a must house. Must be nice. I know. Not only a house, but land. land. How much land? Oh, I don't know Too uh, much. how much land. Enough to build a two-story brick house on it in Jesus. 1857. Jesus. Um, and he was married to a lady named Anna. So we had Thomas and Anna Whaley. Uh, so the Whaley house has been a number of things since it was first built. And there are additions onto the house for those purposes. So they lived in it for a while, but it also has a courthouse built onto it. And there's a theater uh, that's part of it. That was yeah. like a little community theater. Oh, that's okay. all part of the Whaley house. And uh, so they built the house, they moved in and they had all sorts of things that went on where like they were trying to leave this house basically, but uh, uh, there were a number of times where they were forced to move back into the house. So by other circumstances. Okay. So in this house, they had three children, Francis, Thomas Jr., and Anna Amelia, because Anna is the mom. Anna Amelia is the daughter. the daughter, okay. Okay. Um, But Thomas Jr. died when he was like 18 months old from scarlet fever. As they do. Child death is Of course. And he died in the house. Cool, cool, cool. Now that's the first one. That's just the first death. So you're telling me that there's at least one child ghost there's at least one child ghost okay so that same year uh thomas senior's general store which that was how they made money was he had a general store that was like a few doors down that was burned down by arson (gasps) so not just it burned down but like their child died and somebody was like fuck that guy and burned their house their business down after their kid died why i don't know I don't know. We don't know who did it, but white we know men on like, their somebody bullshit. did it on purpose. Yeah, it was white men on their bullshit. Most white men definitely. on their bullshit. So the family moved to San Francisco where they had three more kids. George, Violet, and Corinne Lillian, which um, goes she goes by Lillian. So I'm going to say Lillian later, but Corinne was her first name. After an earthquake in San Francisco, they were uh, forced to move back to the old house in 1868. Violet 
had uh, she got married and then she got divorced, which was very rare back then. And she was really like humiliated by it and felt like her life was basically ruined. So Violent went out to the outhouse out back and she shot herself in the heart. In the she shot, she shed in the she she shot herself in the shit house. In the no, shit shed. No. Um, yeah. She, she she shot in the shit shed. She, <laughs> she uh, yeah, she did. Oh, that's so bad. Is she so, dead? Did she die? I mean, of course she is dead, but like, she did, did she die, die, but not immediately. So she shot herself in the heart uh, in the outhouse. Her father found her still alive and brought her into the house. And about 15 minutes after that, she died. So she still also died in the house. Well, at least she didn't die in the shit shed. That would have been just a shit crying shame. So three more of the Whaley's ended up dying in that house. Two of them not too long after, one of them many years later. So Anna Amelia, the daughter, she died in 1913. Um, Francis, who is the son, the one surviving son, he had been running the house as kind of like a property manager and been renting it out a lot. And he died in 1914. And the only person left there was Lillian. And Lillian stayed in the house until she died in 1953, also in the house. Wow. So we know she lived her entire life in that house. With the exception of when they moved to, she was born in San Francisco when they moved up there, but then they moved back to the house after the earthquake and she stayed in that house until she she died. died. Wow. I can't imagine that. Okay. Okay. All right. So here are the manifestations that people see slash hear. These are the ghosts. So these are the ghosts. So Thomas Jr., the baby, uh, you can hear infant cries throughout the house. So in every room of the house, you're you're able to hear them at some point. I don't know why. And that's not constant. Just in, they can be heard in any room. The sound of a child, either it be laughing or crying or screaming, is just terrifying oh yeah me. horrifying just a child just that sound whether they're alive and there or not just children period children just are terrifying scary 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 so the second floor the back room that people believe that was violet's room people say that they see a young woman uh, a young woman in there and they're often just consumed by grief or sorrow Aww. in that room which she's the one who killed herself yeah so shot herself in the heart so when they're in her bedroom they feel overwhelmed by like grief and sorrow. So um, sounds of crowds can be heard in the courtroom. Sometimes people say they've seen a woman in the jury box of the courtroom. Just hanging out? Just like sitting, yeah, in the jury box. Could you, um, if you're a ghost, could you imagine that's where you're going to spend the rest of eternity? Like, I'm so many stuck people in this jury spend box. their life trying to avoid jury duty, and that bitch is trapped there forever. forever. Poor woman. She was like, damn, I knew I should have said I was still in school the to house, avoid this. <laughs> the house is full of cold spots, which we talk about cold spots, but they also have um, what I called dizzy spots, which are parts where people, so just like in a cold spot, you can feel that it's cold. There are certain spots where somebody, if they stand in that spot for a long time, they just feel kind of like dizzy and nauseous. So I'll say that that's a, an aftermath or effect of an electromagnetic field. Yeah. It's typically like a dizzy spot or a headache mm-hmm. or nausea. So yeah, so there are a few pockets around the house that do 
either wow. one or both of those things. Either have Ooh. people feel cold or have people feel dizzy and, like, nauseous. So um, there are two stories that involve a police officer coming out to the house and seeing some weird shit. Mall two? Mm-hmm. So one of them happened, happened like, in the 80s, but the police officer didn't tell anyone about it until he retired years later and wrote about it in his, like, retirement letter. So a police officer, uh, he was called out there because the neighbors said that they heard someone crying coming from the house. And at that time, the house was unoccupied. So they were like, there's there's like a woman like sobbing and crying in that house. Somebody please like go. So uh, he was responding to the neighbor's 911 call about a woman crying in the house. He said that he saw a woman crying in the back of the house and she was in period clothing. She had her back to him. And he asked, ma'am, are you all right? She turned around and she smiled. <gasps> and then when he shined the flashlight on her, she vanished. Stop! Okay, why'd she smile? I don't know. Why'd she smile? I don't know. That's also not the only story of somebody shining a flashlight and the lady disappearing. That happens I might. Again. It's on my back. I, I'm so... <laughs> <laughs> so Thomas and I said Anna senior um, because she's not Anna Amelia, not the daughter, but Thomas and Anna, the parents, both of them are seen around the house. Um, Thomas, people often say that they can smell either cigar smoke or pipe smoke. Like he really liked to smoke. That was like his thing. Um, and a lot of times, especially around the landing above the stairs, that's where people usually smell it. Good, yeah. But people smell it like, Throughout, like, that area, they smell his uh, smoke. So, some people have even said he blows smoke in their faces, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Anna is often seen either in the garden or sipping tea in the parlor. There's a tour guide who was closing one night. And while he was setting the alarm, he distinctly heard a woman say, why are you here? And he was alone in the house, but he said it wasn't like a faint, like... Like, it was very clearly someone saying that to him. And he, like, freaked out, and he ran out without setting the alarm. Good, yes, that's what you do. You leave. You run out. You so, because he was in the middle of it, and he didn't finish punching it in, it called the cops. So, a police officer came to investigate. I'm, like, sick to my stomach. What's going to happen? So, he said that he went into the parlor and saw a woman in green. No! Which the woman in green is Anna. Um, and that he came back to talk to the guy. He called for backup and backup came and they went and she was gone. She wasn't in there anymore. Thanks. I hate it. So there's one other ghost named Yankee Jim. Yankee Jim, as it turns out, actually predates the Whaley's. So in 1852, which was three years before he bought the land, before uh, Whaley bought the land, James Yankee Jim Robinson was sentenced to death by hanging for boat theft, which he tried and he didn't even get away with it. Like he didn't even, it was attempted boat theft. Um, so that's a pretty harsh fucking <laughs> like We're going to kill you because you tried to steal this boat, but you weren't successful, but you're going to go ahead and die. So the hanging happened on the land that the house was built on. And... Thomas Whaley was in attendance at the hanging. <gasps> I don't know why he purchased the land years later and built a house on it. 
But he was at that hanging. He knew. And knew. Do you think that Jimmy Jim, Jimmy Jim, Jim Jim was haunting the land while he Well, was there? and that's one of the theories is that Yankee Jim was haunting that land because that's where he was hung at. Yeah. Um, some one person said that the decision literally haunted for years because it was a ghost in the house. Um, but so there was a there was one thing I was watching from BuzzFeed where they were talking about this house and they were saying there's this one doorway. It's like an arch doorway. And that that is believed to be the actual spot, which Ooh. not the, he wasn't hung in the doorway, yeah. but That's... that doorway is thought to be on the actual spot where the gallows were, where he was hung. It makes me sick to my stomach. I know. It's really creepy. Um, and I was like, huh, that's really interesting. But then when I finished listening to the Regis story, the Regis story talks about that specific doorway. And I don't think that he knew about Yankee Jim and that that happened in that spot. What happened to Regis? Who hurt Regis? So Regis Philbin. Uh, so I'm done talking about the Whaley's. So Regis Philbin visited the house early in his career. So like I said, he was new being on TV and he was trying to look for like interesting things. And he had on a guy named Hans Holzer, who was a ghost hunter at the time, like a popular ghost hunter. And he was filmed, they filmed in San Diego and he was like, there's actually a haunted house here. Have you heard of it? It's called the Whaley house. And he decided to, um, basically spend a night in the Whaley house with Hans Helser. Or Hans Holzer. That sounds like a great idea. Uh, Holzer brought with him a witch named Sybil Leake. I was going to say, who is also famous in her own right. She's a British lady. He said... Now, it's funny because I listened to the Regis thing and I listened to another thing. And I don't know what all he had heard before he went there. He said he didn't know anything about it. He just heard it was a haunted house and whatever. He said that he smelled tobacco smoke upstairs, like up at the top of the stairs. He heard weird noises upstairs. Uh, and then Holzer, then what ended up happening was Holzer um, put Sybil Leak into like a trance. Like he hypnotized her and was asking her if she like sensed anything in the house. He asked her about the presence that they felt. And she said that there was a woman in the house named Anna. Um, she said that she and her husband didn't want to leave that they had been in the home for a long time and they had experienced a lot of tragedy in the home and they didn't want to leave. Like they weren't interested in getting away from it. So he, unless um, you shine a light on him, then they're like, peace. So he used the segment on his show. Okay. Um, and people really responded to it. He said that he was really surprised. People had a lot of feelings about him going to this house, you know, putting it on whatever. And then a friend reached out to him. This friend was somebody who had been, in like the who had been a naval officer like really high in the in the navy so he had like seen a lot of stuff but he was like i he was super skeptical and he was like i can't believe you put this like ghost thing on your show that's so ridiculous why don't you and i go spend a night in that house i bet nothing's gonna happen you went there with people who like put a joke on you yeah. basically he was like these people convince you there was stuff happening there's nothing going on now in this let's house. go with a skeptic let's go with a skeptic right so he and his friend went to the house um, and they were there. Nothing was going on, like creaky old house, whatever. Um, and his friend the whole time was like, I can't believe you put that on. This is so ridiculous. Why would you like perpetuate these ideas? He's just going to make him mad. So Regis was like, all right, I'm going to walk around the house and like see if I find anything. So he walks all around the house um, and Regis, he says, he, no, like he smelled. That's when he smelled the tobacco smoke. 
Um, and he like heard little creaks and like felt kind of cold and whatever, but he didn't see anything. So he just felt kind of like he was like, okay, maybe I'm just being silly. Like maybe he's right. So by midnight they were like, okay, nothing's happened. Let's just turn off all the lights and hang out and see if anything happens. Sure. Mm. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Let's turn out all the lights in this haunted house and hang out. Awesome. Yeah. He said at midnight, they turned off all of the lights. They sat on the couch together in the living room where they could see through the parlor. That's where that arch doorway was. And they could see through into the parlor. Okay. Okay. But they're in one room and then the, the arch doorway is in the middle and then there's the other room. So okay. they're sitting in there. They've had the lights off. He said probably for about like two hours. It's probably like two in the morning at this point. Nothing has happened. And again, his friend is like berating him and telling him like he's ridiculous. Like nothing is happening. It's just an old house. There's nothing going on. Um, and his friend was in the middle of talking and all of a sudden just stopped and fell silent. <laughs> and he said <laughs> that after a few seconds, his friend said, don't turn on the light. No, 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 no. And Regis said that in the doorway, he saw like a white figure standing in that arched doorway. And it looked kind of like he couldn't make out a person, but it looked kind of misty and it looked like the shape of a woman in the doorway. And he was like staring at it and his friend was staring at it and they're both sitting there. So then his friend slid down onto the floor and did like that army Yeah, crawl. army crawl. Yeah. Thinking that she's not going to see him if he does that. Think the way, well, there's like furniture and stuff, but like basically like he's trying to like approach it like you would without an enemy seeing it. Without being seen, right. So his friend starts like army crawl across the floor over to the doorway. That friend has some balls. As he approached the figure, Regis said that he like he was freaking out and like couldn't take it anymore and he turned on the flashlight and she disappeared. And his friend was pissed. He was like, "Why did you do that? I was almost on her, like I was almost there." And he was like, "I don't I couldn't I couldn't stand it. I couldn't do it. I could not. I had to see it. I had to see it. I had to see it." So then they wa- they got up together and walked through the doorway into the next room and directly across from them on the other side was a portrait of Anna directly back at the end of the room. Two, like, I think Bree just died a couple years ago. Yeah. But he said that since that happened, he always regretted turning on the flashlight. <gasps> so see what might have happened if his friend had gotten there. Because she wasn't, she didn't see him. She wasn't she moving. She was just standing there, yeah. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> So that's my ghost story. I don't know what's worse, the idea of a woman standing there and smiling at you or the idea of a woman approaching you screaming. I don't know what's worse. I think I hate both of them. No, I think approaching and screaming is scarier, but smiling is a close second. I don't know. Well, standing (gasps) there smiling is is approaching is scarier. Regardless of smiling or screaming, standing and screaming, I don't know about laughing and approaching me. Approaching is terrifying in general. I feel like if I see her and she's standing there smiling, I know she's about to fucking run up and scream. She's like, like I. No! <laughs> so that's my ghost story talking about the Whaley house. Yeah. Bringing it back around. Ghost stories. Nightmares. Stories. Yeah, it was creepy. That one's creepy. That one was creepy. I got when I was listening to it, I got like chills. 
Somebody's running up the stairs. Oh, God. I can't. I can't do this right now. My heart. <laughs> this has been a big day. <laughs> Sarah, what are you talking about this week? Oh, um, I have a listener story for you. Yay. Um, I have a few. You guys have all been amazing and people have been emailing me, which you know that I jones for your emails. That Sarah I jones loves the emails, you guys. So Pay thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Me, please. Um, but we have one that is from a friend of ours who's a fellow podcaster and a fellow Philly podcaster. Oh. Um, and I made friends with them on Twitter. And they have a podcast called Realm of the Unknown. Ooh. I don't have a promo for them, so we're not doing a promo this week because I just want to say go check out their podcast. Um, they didn't have time to record a promo, so I'm going to tell just their listener story and go check it out. But in the meantime, here is... Here is the email that I received from our buddy over at Realm of the Unknown. And here we go. They said, hey there, uh, Realm here. I've been listening to y'all's podcast for the past several weeks, loving all your stories and laughs and adoring whenever you guys talk about Philly words such as the skookle, skookle, we all know. I'm pretty sure it's skookle. 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 Uh, river. By the time you're reading this, I'll likely have gotten through all of your backlogged episodes. I'm so sorry for taking so long when it comes to writing down this listener's story. I've always been horrible with procrastination, aren't we all? But before we begin with my story, I'd like to state that I'd prefer not to have my name mentioned within the episode. So I won't give your name. We're just going to know you as Realm of cool. the Unknown. Right? Only because I promised someone within the story to keep most of this confidential. Okay. I won't be giving out people's names. But it's been far too long, and I need to talk about all this Do stuff. Do it. I know. This may end up being long. I'm sorry. Don't apologize. We're here for it. So to start, I should mention that all throughout my life, I have been interested in all things weird and unexplainable. Often binge-watching the OG Scooby-Doo since I was a toddler. Little did I know that this interest would eventually translate into weird and bizarre events occurring throughout the following years. I would never classify myself as a medium or a psychic or anything, but I am somewhat sensitive when it comes to the world of the paranormal. The biggest thing is that I oftentimes have moments in which I am able to glimpse potential moments and events that have yet to occur. It's strange, I know, and I would not say I can see the future or anything, but the best way to explain it is that I get a strong sensation about a specific thought Oftentimes, it's small, like knowing the next words out of someone's mouth or the next song to come on the radio. I even have a few moments while listening to your weekly stories. Mm -hmm. I know. Or apparently, they can sense what's coming next. However, there are times in which these thoughts and images are much more specific, almost as if I'm observing from afar or looking through the eyes of someone present. Ooh. These more specific times happen more often than not while I'm sleeping, in which I'll have extremely vivid dreams with details that are not common to me. The most prominent dream actually took place when I was in ninth grade during the night of December 12th, 2012, two nights before the events of the Sandy Hook shooting, in which I constantly swapped through individuals' point of view until the dream abruptly ended with a loud bang directly in my ear. 
Two days later, when I returned home from school, I turned on the news, being the current event nerd that I was, and that's when I found out the news, and almost right away I began to cry because the overhead view of the school was near perfect to how my dream began. Also, I was intending to read this story for a while, so it's not... The fact that there have been a bunch of two shootings. shootings within the last 14 hours, one of which in my home state. Yeah, that I was. This is not intentional. Um, all right. So back to realm story. Four years later. Sorry, I didn't mean to get all deep and heavy. America. But that was the only way I could think of to help explain how my life since that point has been shaped. Now onto the really weird part. So all of this strangeness eventually culminated to an apex once it gained the attention of someone I met during the summer after graduating high school. This would be the person in which I promised to keep out of the picture, but let's just say that this person was not only a friend of mine, but ultimately became a sort of mentor for all the weirdness in my life. Not only has this individual experienced much of what I have during their life, but they were all... Uh, but they were actually part of a larger group of people who all have similar sensitivities to the unexplained. While my friend was sort of a mixed bag, others were more skilled with communicating to the dead, others with sensing energies, some played with mental constructs. Meanwhile, little old me was having my mind utterly blown. Over time, I learned that the best definition for what I experienced would be clairvoyance. Not exactly foresight, but more or less witnessing potential events, whether or not these events came true, is out of my hands, and honestly, I see it all as seeing probabilities. Eventually, I was invited by this friend of mine to accompany him to an event with others in this larger group. The group doesn't really have a specific name, but the most agreed upon one would be psionics, which is what these people also classify themselves as. Psionics being the study of paranormal events in relation to electrical equipment or energies, in this case, the energy and machine would be the human brain. I was hesitant on attending this event. I only knew this one friend of mine, and most of the people at this event were several several years my elder, and I had just started my first year at Temple University. (laughs) That's where Jared's going. Uh, though, and I was feeling adventurous. So I drove with my friend to the leader of this group's home in New Jersey. Now, I know what you may be thinking, but no, this was not some sort of a cult meeting. Believe me. Though <laughs> that I, what I was thinking. I was thinking just, why are you going to New Jersey? Um, <laughs> though I thought the same thing. Uh, I was practically planning my escape route up until we entered the home. Ultimately, though, most of these individuals were your stereotypical idea of the typical nerd or geek who would be playing D&D in their basement. So throughout the meeting, I witnessed a lot of strange things and listened to a whole hell of a lot of weird stories. And right off the bat, I could tell that most, if not all, of these people were legit and clearly had much more experience than myself. Although they were shielding themselves energy-wise, I was almost immediately overwhelmed, getting a strong headache, and within my head, all I could envision was blindingly bright pillars of light towering from each individual. After eating some chili and drinking some homemade mead, all right, sure, yeah, uh, I was able to calm down and start chatting with the others, mainly the younger members of the group. One talked about how she was introduced to this world when she encountered a strange being while exploring a cemetery with friends. She talked about learning how to utilize her energy and harness it to be able to dispel this creature from the location. 
Weird, I know. Mainly, that's not me. That's, that's, he said, weird, I know. <laughs> Mainly because despite all this being told to me, at my core, I have an extremely scientific and skeptical mindset. So it was hard for me to wrap my head around all of this. The breaking point, however, was when I witnessed my first channeling session. In which another, I know, it doesn't sound good. I know. In which another member, who was an expert with this sort of thing, channeled an entity in order to talk to another member of the group. The entity itself did not have a name that we as humans would recognize, but one of the names we have given him was none other than Odin, which is a, a Greek, like a Norwegian. Nordic god, yeah. God, yeah. The group member's voice notably changed once he channeled this entity calling itself Odin. Fuck that. And a long conversation ensued with the other member of the session. That's Thor's dad. I know. All I could do was sit nearby and listen in. Nope. I wasn't sure how much of this I could believe until once again I tried to focus in on everyone's energies. Once again, I was overwhelmed, but this time it was cranked up from a 9 all the way to a 20. The group member who was channeling Odin, their energy looked far different. It shared the similar glow as before. However, this time it was infused with a dark purple tint and no longer looked like a pillar of light, but rather a vortexing cloud. I was told that there are several beings similar to this Odin character. A whole variety of them were out there. Some we attribute to being things like demons, shadow people, some mythical creatures, and some forms of ghosts. However, there are a select few, like Odin, who would essentially dictate or counsel over these beings of energy and those who can manipulate this energy. So in the end, this meeting wrapped up with me sitting down with my friend and the leader of the psionics group. The moment I knew this was for real, or at least some of it, was when the leader helped evaluate us, essentially helping to unblock some point in your abilities, uh, essentially helping to unblock some point to help your abilities flourish for a brief moment. All I can say to help describe this moment was that I felt an incredible incredible wave of warmth across my body while at the same time my head and thoughts were the clearest they have ever been everything felt calm and still despite being in a room filled with others for this brief moment of time i felt so intertwined with everything around me i've never had a moment like this again and since that night i only visited the psionics a second time too much high school drama and their inner politics since then, I've continued on my own path, jotting down everything and anything that has happened to me, all in hopes of finding answers or an explanation for the bizarre and unexplained, eventually creating my own podcast on the topic and after finding some other incredible podcasts like yours. So thank you so much for sitting through this extremely long and convoluted story. I have more, but I think this is plenty long enough. Uh, and thank you gals for being a motivation and fuel for my intrigue with the paranormal and supernatural, while also just being an incredible source of entertainment, spooks, and laughs. Yay! Your fellow Philadelphia paranormal enthusiast, Realm of Unknown. Thank you, Realm. Thank you, Realm. Welcome to our Pottern family. Oh, our psionic oh, Pottern family. Hashtag. Hashtag. Um, so that was one of the listener emails that I got. I have one other that I want to bring up because our girl, Kara, emailed us a few weeks ago. And last week, I 
told a story from Virginia, and that's because Kara was like, I'd really love it if you could cover some haunted places in Virginia. She specifically asked for Richmond. Sorry, Kara, I went for Abingdon. But in episode 63, I told a Abingdon, Virginia story, and that was for you, Kara. Um, and Kara just has a very quick little thing. And um, she said she just finished episode 49 with your story about Willy Wonka. Mm -hmm. And Kara said, I am so glad y'all validated my yes. childhood perception of him. Yes, he is a murderer. He is a child murderer. Yep. He said, uh, she said, as a kid, it was my dad's favorite movie. So he tried to have me watch the older version when I was like, Four, and when it got to the part where Violet turns into a blueberry, I was horrified and hid behind the couch and refused to come out. That scene haunts me to this day, and I have not seen another movie since. Or either movie. Oh, sorry. I was like, not I was like, any Cara. other movie? I'm so sorry. I haven't seen either movie, the old since. one or the Johnny Depp version, since. As a person who loves sweets and candy, it is truly my worst nightmare. I also never realized that Willy Wonka was so racist and fucked up. No wonder they cast Johnny Depp in the remake. Insert Ooh, vomit emoji here. Bah, 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 bah. Cara coming in with those insults. <laughs> this is definitely going down as one of my favorite episodes. Love y'all's podcast. And I'm excited you have a Patreon. Maybe I'll drive up to Philly from Virginia. Uh, would Ooh. love if you could cover some haunted places in Richmond. So sorry. I went for Abingdon. But I'm looking for some Richmond stories just for you Cara. And if you want to come up, I want to tell anybody who's interested that episode 100, I want to fucking get the Airbnb at that haunted house in, in New Hope. Girl, we're coming up. It's going to be here before we know it. Episode know. 100. We're in, the, we're in the 60s right now. Colleen, so. you going to help hook us up with that so Airbnb? Cara, if you're interested. Cara, come stay that night. <laughs> I'm I, driving up. I might piss my pants if I'm in that and I feel something on my shoulder, like the legs of the person like hanging. Like the feet of the person <gasps> who's hanging. I would die. I couldn't do it. I, you would like, see me run out of that house so fast. I'm just fast. like, if there's a big group of us, I think we'll be okay. Sarah. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. <laughs> we'll get my sugar daddy to pay for it. Yes. My sugar daddy will pay for that. Um, so also, you guys, help me find a sugar daddy. And <laughs> thanks for listening to our episode. Did I, in that episode, talk about how a bunch of people who have a fetish for feederism, like, found out through watching that movie? Did I mention that in that no. fetish vibe? No. Um. I can't remember if I what if I talked about it uh, a, a fetish five that week or not. But there's a whole thing where there are people who like discovered that fetish about themselves through that scene of that movie, <gasps> like that they were like, I'm really into like feeding somebody until they just get like really big. That sounds really. And sexy. they got into that from watching that Willy Wonka. They say like that was when they realized that when they were kids and they saw that. Um, speaking of fetish five, thanks. I hate it. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna talk too long, but today I'm gonna talk about Fireplay. I don't know if I've ever talked about that at all. Fireplay. Fireplay. Is that? Do you, you should have a fire extinguisher on hand. I'm assuming. Um, sometimes called temperature play. It's a sensory play. Um, you know, dripping 
cow candle wax is a form of fire oh that's play. fire play that's okay. a form of fire play oh, oh, okay. you don't really set people on fire um but there's also like if you've I ever seen know. like a fire wand if you've seen like fire massage or whatever sometimes people will do that so basically it's like um it's like a little wand that you put like uh alcohol on the end of it you like soak it and then you light it so that it's not burning the pad it's just burning the alcohol and you like rub it not you don't actually touch people with it but you'll like you know put it close to someone's skin it's like ooh, that's hot um you can like tap somebody with it you're not gonna like touch it to them but uh it's pretty fun uh, <laughs> sarah's face right now substances can include uh water oil molten wax ice chocolate syrup whipped cream melted butter that's all so any sort of like temperature a play se- temperature yes yeah, so yes. sensory temperature okay yes. okay um so yeah it's used to it's a kind of sensory play um so you're not like burning people um, although you can accidentally. Although you could if you uh, wanted. Objects can include cutlery, ball chains, necklaces, many other often preheated in hot water or chilled in ice water. Space heaters, radiators, other sources of heat can also be used for stimulating sensory arousal. Blindfolds are often used to intensify the effects and bondage can also amplify the experience. General scenarios are placing the person in a situation where they are exposed to heat and cold conditions more directly. Safety precautions should be used, which are appropriate for the materials, techniques, and body parts involved. Fire play is a form of temperature play that involves using flame on or very close to the skin. The flame is typically on or applied with a fire wand, which is essentially a small torch, and frequently utilizes 70% isopropyl alcohol as fuel. Other common fire play toys include flaming uh, flaming gloves and flaming floggers. Other common varieties of fuel include 91% isopropyl alcohol, mousse, hand sanitizer, superproof rum, grain alcohol, and flash cotton. As with many forms of BDSM play, the proper tools, fuels, and safety guidelines are often in hot contention between players. Fire play is usually considered a form of edge play, which we've talked about in the, in the past. Edge play is stuff that's like a little more risky. Yeah. Um, Frequently exciting, but with significant dangers. Unlike other forms of edge play, like extreme rough body play, blood play, interrogations, Uh-oh. abductions, etc. Okay. Fireplace scenes tend to look kinder and gentler because it's just like, ooh, it's hot. Right. But it's not like, I'm going to torture you. It's usually like a very sensual. It's not like, ah, fire. <laughs> it's like, ooh, fire. Which, like I said, you can Google fire massage. You can find that uh-huh. on uh, on YouTube. Um, and you'll see it's just, like, they hold the heat, like, close to the skin, but it's a lot of, like, skin touching with a hand, but, like, cupping, like, heat mm. and a lot of just interesting heat huh. sensory. Fireplace scenes, um, although it can look dramatic, the sensations inflicted in most fireplace scenes are not actually painful, much like hot wax play or sensory play. Fireplay also rarely leaves marks on the skin, though some people deliberately burn the skin slightly to leave it red and irritated. I'm like, I irritated you want it to be irritated if you're a piece of shit there are sadists and masochists out there there are people who are into some shit but for the most most people don't do that most people are into fire play are not into that yeah uh bouncing and streaking the two most common fire play techniques are bouncing and streaking and bouncing a lit fire wand sometimes called a baton uh is bounced along the skin this may or may not involve a transfer of burning of burning fuel and that burns really quickly it doesn't like stay on your skin but it's enough to make you like oh there's a fire on me like, it's 
kind of it's kind of neat. I've done it. Uh, <laughs> I think I would be like, "There's a fire on me." It's it's not even lo- long enough for you to have that thought. Like it's like a fraction of a second. I know that light I keeps don't clicking on and like off. It's that so light awful. going on and off. In streaking, fuel is applied directly to the skin, commonly in straight lines through sometimes the more elaborate patterns, lit and then extinguished before the skin burns. Frequently, the fuel is applied to the skin with unlit fire wands, then ignited with a lit fire wand. Sometimes double-headed wands or two wands. Fire cupping is also where air inside of a cup, almost always glass, is heated and then placed on the skin. The cooling air creates a low-pressure pocket that pulls pulls the skin partially into the cup. Experienced cuppers can create varying strengths of suction by controlling the heat of the cup. Fire cupping was appropriated from traditional and holistic medicine communities. Cupping and... Uh, Cupping was used in Western medicine to encourage blood movement as recently as the American Civil War. They still do it. As, I was, was like, going to say, it is still it. used, yeah. often with the same name, by masseurs and in Chinese medicine, where it is said to have predated traditional needle acupuncture, yeah. as well as in traditional Arab medicine. For this reason, cupping sets can be found in some Asian stores. Some merchants will only sell sets to licensed massage therapists. But you can also buy cupping stuff usually at sex at a lot of sex stores. Like I know they have it at um, Passionel, the boutique. Yeah. <laughs> um, methods include wiping alcohol directly on the skin, igniting it, and then quickly placing a cup over the area. Holding the cup over an open flame until it's warm and then applying it to cool skin. Some people say that that's the safest um, though some feel that heating the glass rather than the air can cause room for additional danger. Oof. This is also the hardest method to beginners wishing to create a strong suction. Placing small discs with cotton balls soaked in alcohol onto the skin. The soaked cotton is then ignited and a cup is placed over the disc. Applying fuel directly inside the cup and the cup is then usually put on the skin with the fuel still burning. The flame will quickly extinguish without the oxygen. Ugh. Fire cupping typically leaves small round marks on the body that may last for hours or days. If a single area is cupped again and again, a deep bruise may form and not disappear for some time. Ugh. Fire cupping is often combined with blood play and then usually termed blood or wet cupping. This variant also comes from traditional medicine. The skin is pierced commonly with a needle or a scalpel before the cup is applied and the suction draws blood out of the wound um there's also ice play of course is a form of temperature play and the exposure of both like trans going back and forth between cold and hot um (laughs) okay but that's my fetish five fetish five <laughs> you can't hate everything. I don't. I don't hate that. I was like, I've heard of like cupping as a massage thing. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about someone putting flames up against my skin. I get on board with some hot wax. It's kind of. It's kind of hot. Not in a pun way. I didn't mean that. <laughs> like, it's but, sexy. but it's not as. It's not as hot as you would imagine. Yeah. It's more like like it says. Like it looks really Ooh. like you're like oh the thrill is more like visual. It's yeah. not really. You're very rarely feel a lot of heat at all. Huh. And they tend to go over. Like the belly, like this area a lot, where there's, there's less no hair. hair. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I can't imagine the smell that on your back or on your torso is always huh. is pretty nice. Huh. But yeah, it's more like you're like, ooh, it's fire, but it doesn't it doesn't actually hurt. You're just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 oh, 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 okay. 
Well, guys, thank you so, so thank much for you. listening. If you want to support our podcast, there are so many ways to do that. Of course, the best way is by subscribing to our Patreon, which you can join for as little as $1 a month. You get all sorts of bonus content. A dollar gets you access to our Patreon-exclusive Facebook group, where we interact a lot with, of Too course, much. Each all other, the memes. other listeners of the show and people that you hear on the show. $5 gets you additional content. $15 gets you the Faint Flatulence Collection, where you get a handcrafted, hand-captured ghost fart delivered to your house every month. That's super cool. But, of course, you can support us for free as well by by giving us reviews on iTunes, on PodCoin. Yes. If you listen to the show on PodCoin, Go you on PodCoin. can get paid for listening to our show and your other favorite podcasts. Please. You can get really cool gift cards to Amazon, to Starbucks, that kind of stuff. So check us out there. But leave us a review anywhere that you listen to it. And if you take a screenshot of that review and email it to us at deadtimestories with a Z, all one word, at gmail.com we will send you a free sticker we fucking will i promise we'll do it we'll do it we love emails that's a great way to support the show i love them of course follow us on instagram and on facebook and we appreciate you guys we love hearing from you thank you so much awesome thanks for listening i'm stephanie i'm sarah and this has been dead time stories thanks for listening Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Kernison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 